This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. So I have been ministering on uh, keys to prospering in God. And do you know the, the whole Bible is really about prosperity? Amen. It's about blessing. And uh, we, well, at least I got one amen. <laughs> and, uh, and so, and so God, God wants to prosper us. Amen. And, you know, I love it in Galatians 3, 13. Um, and I'll hit on that for the sake, because I've been ministering these messages. But Galatians 3, 13 says, Christ has redeemed us, what? From the curse of the law. For Jesus was made a curse for us on the tree that, that he was made a curse so that he took on God's punishment, but he took on, you know, the, the downfall of man, which is threefold. Spiritual death, poverty, and sickness. And Jesus bore all that on the cross for us. Amen. And so, so I have good news today. If you don't know, if you don't know that, that if you died today, you'd go to heaven. You can know by the end of this message because Jesus is the savior of the world. And so Jesus is the only way that you can make it into heaven. Jesus said, I am the, the way, the truth, and the life. And no man can go to the Father but through him. Amen. And so, so there's not many ways. Jesus is the only way. Praise God. But, you know, Jesus, the Bible says, became poor that, that through his poverty we may become rich. And he became poor on that cross so that, so that we wouldn't have to walk in poverty. And poverty is not a blessing. Debt is not a blessing. Being in debt and being in poverty and not having enough is not a blessing from God. Amen. Amen? The Bible says that they that fear God will never go hungry. The Bible says young lions do suffer and, 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 lack, and lack, but they who seek the Lord shall want of no good thing. Uh, the psalm says, uh, David quoting this, he said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging for bread. Amen. So as Christians, we're not supposed to be beggars. Amen. 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 In other words, God is a good God. Can, can I get an agreement there? Amen. And the Bible says that God is a good God. We serve a heavenly father that's wealthy. And we got to get a revelation of that, that God is wealthy. It's streets of gold, mansions, pearly gates in heaven. So, it, so God's not against us having some nice things down here. As long as we share them with people. Amen. As long as we have a benevolent attitude. Amen. So I'm talking to you about keys to prosperity. And so the, the number one key, um, and I'm going to just kind of highlight some of my messages until I go into the third key. But the first key is called the principle of first. And, uh, and that's really, that principle is, is outlined all through the Bible. And that's the principle of putting God first place. You know, we have church on Sunday mornings. And, you know, Sunday is the first day of the week. And I really believe it, it, it's really appropriate to have church on Sunday morning because we want to say to the world that we're putting God first place the first day of the week, Sunday morning. And the first thing that we're going to do is we're going to go to church and honor God. Amen. Think about that. And God is blessed by that. That we're willing to put him first place 
in our life. It blesses God. And so, and so that is the key. So it's the principle of first. Matthew 6, 33 says, seek first your welfare. No, it doesn't say that. Seek first your kingdom. No, it says seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. So, so when we seek God, then God will start adding to us. The Bible says if you're, if you're trying to, you know, we got to be very careful. You don't want to seek wealth. The Bible says if you seek wealth, it could, you know, you could get in trouble keeping your eyes on wealth. But if you keep your eyes on God, God will add to you, the Bible says, and he will add no sorrow to it. Because riches, you know, wealth can be a, a false sense of security. Money can be a false sense of security. But when, you're, when your money is wrapped up in the kingdom of God and you're putting God first place, then, then money takes a back seat to your worship to God. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So, so, so Matthew 6, you seek first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness. I like what it says in Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. It says, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. And I love this because God always has a benefit to uh, his promises. And the benefit is always a blessing. You receive Jesus, you receive eternal life. You start giving God the first and God will open the windows of heaven and pour out the blessings that you cannot even contain. God will always add a blessing to our obedience. I love that. And so it says here, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So, so he's talking about putting God first place. And that's an honor principle. When you put God first place, you're honoring God and you're showing God that you love him more than you love your stuff and more than you love your money. You love God. I love what it says in Psalms 37, 4, which is one of my favorites. It says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, I'm going to say this. God loves us so much. He wants to give you your heart's desire. Amen. When we start walking with God. God wants to, you know, he wants to bless you. He, he wants you to have enough finances where, you know, if you, some of you might have teenagers, he wants you to have enough finances to send your, your kids to college. He wants you to have enough money. The Bible says that we should have enough money. So when we, when we die, we should leave an inheritance to our children's children. Amen. Amen. Wow. Is that amazing? And God wants us in that position. And we, as the church, we should be the most, people should be looking to us, you know, as, as, you know, the hope, you know. In other words, they should be looking to us. Why? Because we got the hope in us, Jesus. And, and the number two key, so, so, so here, number one, the principle first, so that, that's, that equates to tithing. And that equates to t- taking 10% of your income and giving it back into the kingdom of God. Number two, uh, key, if you're, if you're going to prosper in God, you have to be a good steward. In other words, uh, we found out last week that really, we're not really owners in a sense we are, but we're really managers. So in a sense, God owns it all. 
And he gives us the opportunity to manage what's put into our hands. And so, so God is the owner and we are stewards and managers. And so, so really, it, 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 God wants us to manage our stuff well. Amen. You know, I, I, um, I try to manage things well. You know, I, I run on a tight budget. Did I, did I use the word budget? <laughs> And sometimes none of, some of us don't have a budget, but you, you need to what, know what goes in and what goes out. <laughs> That's called a budget. You know what's going in and what's coming out. And if there's more going out than coming in, we're in trouble. <laughs> we, got, we, got, we got to account for these things. We got to take an account. And then we need to learn how to factor in giving to God into our but but budget, <laughs> and we need to factor God into our but but budget. But God, but but Pastor, I don't have enough at the end. I can only give God just a little bit because you know I'm spending. You need to adjust how you spend your money, and God can give you ways and show you how to save money. Some of you might have thirty year mortgages. You know He can show you how you can. Do a bi-monthly payment on your mortgage. That means you pay half the month, uh, uh, half of it, you know, the, at the first and half of it at, at, the, uh, at the 15th. And then you're actually making an entire payment for that year, uh, uh, an extra payment. And that would bring a 30-year loan down to about 22 years. Save you about hundreds, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Has anybody ever heard about that before? That you make one extra payment? And then the bank doesn't have to be getting all your money. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? I mean, there's so many different ways and strategies, you know, checking your insurance and uh, and and checking if maybe you're paying too much for your insurance and and, and check the rates of your insurance. You know, your car insurance, you got to have car insurance and, and check the rates and see if there's a better rate and you could save possibly hundreds of dollars. It's just being a good steward. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? There's ways that you can you can adjust and adjust and, and, and steward your money in a way where you can have finances to to put into the kingdom of God to see the kingdom grow. I mean, I, it, it can be as simple as, uh, you know, I I use a credit card, um, but I pay my credit card off every month. I don't run a balance on it. But the credit card gives me 6% back on all my grocery purchases. It's a, it's, uh, you can see me after the service. I'll tell you about that credit card. And it gives you 6% back. So every time I make a grocery purchase, I get 6% back in a credit towards my credit card. Isn't it awesome? And I pay that credit card every month. I don't pay, pay interest on it. So the credit card company's paying me to use their credit card. See, it's just simple things that God can show you to increase. It may not sound like a lot, but you start doing it. I got a credit card that gives me 5% back on all my gas. I don't pay any, um, any, anything for that credit card. It's free. And so I got to buy gas anyway. I might as well get 5% back. Amen. What, what am I saying? I'm saying that, that God wants us to be good stewards. And if you start learning to be a good steward and you get your, 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 your bu- bu- budget, <laughs> your finances in order, God can bless that. Yes. 
See, it's, it's when our stuff is out of order, God can't bless chaos. Is this helping anybody today? Do you know this? I know you're like, this is church. We shouldn't be talking about money. But did you know that, that there was about, I think, 36 uh, parables in the New Testament Jesus talked about? And 16 of them were all about money. Or about half the parables Jesus talked about money or possessions. That's amazing, isn't it? So, so, so he talked about it a lot. That's why a lot of people were mad at him. <laughs> Don't get mad at me. Hang, hang tight. I'm still here. So, so we got to get a revelation that, that God's the owner. We're stewards. And, and we got to get that revelation. So number one, the law of first, putting God first place. I think that's one of the most important things we can do when we get born again, get saved, start walking with God, is start putting God first place in our finances. Number two, we need to learn to steward our money wisely so that we can have the ability to give into every good work that God presses, you know, that God moves on our hearts to do. Amen. And number three, this is a key to to prospering in God because we all want to prosper. That we, this is the key: generosity. We have to we have to get a heart of generosity. So this is a question for you this morning: Do you consider yourself a generous person? <laughs> and. Uh, do you consider yourself, a, are you a generous person? And I would define gener- generosity as an unselfish act of goodness to bless someone else at our own expense and possible discomfort without expecting anything in return. So in other words, it, it's going to cost us to be generous. And this goes against how it goes against our makeup. It goes against um, what the Bible calls flesh. See, the Bible says that we can walk in the flesh, which is a carnal way of thinking. It's a worldly mentality. And we can walk in the flesh or we can walk in the spirit. And God wants us walking in the spirit. And when we're walking in the spirit, we're being led by the Holy Spirit. Amen. And, 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 and God is generous. And so he wants us to be generous around, around, you know, uh, wherever we're at. He wants us to be generous. Why? Because God is generous. So generosity is an act of goodness, looking out for the needs of others at one's own expense, expecting nothing in return. Now, we have to go to John 3, 16 for generosity because John 3, 16 is the pinnacle scripture for all Christians. And if you don't know John 3, 16, you need to learn it today. <laughs> I, I Sometimes when I'm witnessing, I will ask people, do you know Christ? Do you know Jesus? Are you saved? Or I, I'll start talking to them about God. And, and they say, oh yeah, I'm, I, I'm a Christian. And I said, what's John 3, 16? And they would go, ah, uh, I don't know. I, I, and then I would say, then I would say to them, you guys heard me, I say, who, 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 um, who was the one that, that spoke, who, who, who the one that said, who said that for God to love the world? They would say, I don't know who said that. The author, Jesus, he said it. Jesus said that about himself. He said, for God to love the world, what? That he gave. Jesus is the, the, the head of the church. He's, he's the central figure of Christianity. And the buck stops at Jesus. Yes, amen. amen. It's all about, can somebody say it's all about Jesus? 
And so this is so awesome because heaven went bankrupt to get us into the kingdom. Can I say that again? Heaven actually went bankrupt. And actually, Jesus was so awesome. Think about this. Jesus, the word of God, the treasure of heaven, Jesus and Jesus. I'm going to go down to that to that earth, down there, that dirt world. And I'm going to live my life for them. And I'm going to show them how to really live life. And then I'm going to then I'm going to sacrifice my life on a cross. And, and hopefully my life will bring some people into the kingdom of God. Amen. And so and so John three sixteen is so awesome for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, I, I, I say this a lot. I'm not a Calvinist and you may not know what that means, but I don't have this thought process that God just picks and chooses who he wants to save and who he wants to damn. I believe that God wants everybody saved. According to this scripture, for God so loved the whole world that he gave his only begotten son. And I believe there's 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 lots of whoever's out there. Can somebody say I'm a whoever? And you know what? The Bible says who are willing to take the the, the water of life? Who's willing to take the world? You know, even Paul was preaching to the Jews and he was trying to get them to believe in Jesus. And he got so frustrated because his, his, his grace wasn't for the Jews. You know, Paul's grace was for the Gentiles. And, and Paul got frustrated preaching to his own Jewish brethren because they kept rejecting him. Have you ever been rejected by your family? <laughs> you're trying to preach to them, right? And they're saying, you, you're out of your mind, you know. Uh, I don't believe that. You know, I, I don't believe in Jesus. Well, you, you know, you're, what you believe can, will, will determine where you're going to where you're going to spend eternity. That's why the Bible says all unbelievers, it says unbelievers will find themselves in hell. They're not believers. How many believers did I have in the house today? I'm a believer. I believe Jesus is Lord. I believe he is who he says he is. I don't believe he's just a great teacher or a great prophet. And if he's a great prophet, he's the son of God. Amen. Amen. I believe he's who he says he is. So I, 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 I believe I'm a believer. But the Bible says all unbelievers. See, people see the Bible says by your words, you will be justified and by your words, you will be condemned. And so by our own admission, if we say, I don't believe Jesus, I don't believe salvation. You're saying you're an unbeliever. But I'm a believer. I'm a believer. Amen. And so we got to continue to believe Now, now we got to get that revelation. Amen. That that God is the most generous being um, uh, in, in the universe. So God is the most generous. God gave his very best son. Jesus for us. Again, heaven went bankrupt. Now, I love what it says in Titus 3, 3 and 7. It says, for we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful, hating one another. And of course, amen. Hopefully that's not us now. (laughs) You just described my family. No, no, we can continue. Uh, 
But when the kindness and the love of God, our Savior, towards men appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing and regeneration and redoing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, that having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. So we see this, that, that, that we need to get a revelation of how good God is. And when we start getting a revelation that, that we at one time were lost and undone and we, by every right, should be going to hell, thank God Jesus came into our life. Thank God we got the revelation and our eyes got open to the fact that Jesus paid the sin debt for us. And all we have to do is start walking with Jesus. Turn from sin, turn from darkness and start walking. Which That's what repentance is. It's turning away from the world and darkness and it's turning to God. It's walking with Jesus. And listen, we got to continue to walk with Jesus. It's not just a, a prayer that you pray on one Sunday morning and then live like hell the rest of the week. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. I, I got my Sunday morning in. I, I got my Sunday mornings in too when I was a good Methodist. But I would have split hell wide open because I wasn't saved. I had religion. And Christianity is not about religion. It's about a relationship. It's about a living relationship with a living God. And when you start walking with God and God starts revealing things to you and God starts prompting your heart to do things for people and you start walking in love towards people and, 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 and you're opening their eyes to how good God is and how much love he has for them through your benevolence and through, through your love towards them. I'm telling you, you're bringing people into the kingdom of God. Amen. And so we have to think about this generosity. Are we generous and, and this is, here's a question. Who do we be, who are we, who do we need to be generous towards? Or do, should we be generous towards the people that can bless us back? You take somebody out and they're a friend, but you know, they're going to take you back out. Yes, that's good. But, but Jesus said, that's what, that's what the, uh, the world does. The world will bless somebody to get something back. So, so who do we bless? We bless, we bless, first of all, uh, our enemies. Oh my I'm out of here, Pastor. I don't want to hear this one. Now, yeah, are, are you, my enemies, yeah. You know, sometimes my mom, she, she'll get upset with somebody every once in a while. My mom's a saint, okay? But every once in a while she'll get upset because somebody will, you know, step on her toes. And she'll start baking for them. She'll make something nice and she'll go, you know, it might be a neighbor and that did something wrong. And she'll give them some food with a little bit of arsenic in it. No, no. And, uh, but what she would do is she would do something nice for a person that did something bad to them. And why? Because, see, listen, your unforgiveness is not keeping them from sleeping. Your, your hurt over what they've done to you is not keeping them at night up at night. It's keeping you up at night. You know what I'm saying? So in other words, you need, a, you need a, a walk in love because love is the new commandment. It's the, it's the commandment. It's the, the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And most people don't even realize that they're doing you wrong. Are you going to say that? Most people don't even have a clue. They, they're clueless 
when they mess up or they say something that hurts your feelings, they're clueless. They, they, most people aren't trying to. Well, maybe some of your relatives are. No, I won't go there. But most people aren't trying to get under your skin. Amen. So we got we got to walk in love. It says in Luke six twenty seven. it says, but I say to you, um, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. And then six twenty eight, bless those who curse you. And pray for those who spitefully use you. So, so if you want to get out of offense, this is free today, it wasn't in my notes. Start praying that God will bless those people that aren't treating you right. Amen. And you would say, no, I want to pray that judgment will fall on them. <laughs> that they'll get, you know, that they'll go to hell quicker. No, no, don't, you don't pray like that. You you, 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 you pray that God will open their eyes because you know what? We're going to reap what we sow. Amen. That is a law. Whatsoever a man sows, so shall he reap. In other words, as the world will say, what goes around comes around. Uh, what, what, how does it go? <laughs> comes around. What goes around comes around, right? So whatever goes around will eventually come back. Amen. Amen. And so we got to get that revelation that, that if less people get their hearts right, and repent, they're going to reap judgment on all the evil actions they've ever done in this life. But thank God, my evil actions are under the blood. Thank God when I missed it and I've missed it as a Christian and I have slipped and I have fallen and I have treated people bad at times. But thank God I can repent Ask God to forgive me. The blood of Jesus covers that. Wipes, me, wipes my slate clean. And I can walk every day free in the grace and the mercy of God. Is that awesome? I'm telling you, God's blood is powerful. It's so powerful. It'll wipe away any sin that we have done or, or, ever, or ever will do. Amen. So we got to get a revelation of that. So, so Luke 6, 3 says, give to everyone who asks. Look at that. Give to everyone who asks of you. And from him who takes away your goods, do not ask them back. Wow. See, see that's, it's a spirit of generosity. If somebody takes something, Jesus said those people are poor in spirit. If they got to steal something from you, you know, I know some of us are going to try to get, get it back. You know, <laughs> uh, you know I... I, I used to sell jewelry, and um, and so I was I was selling jewelry, and this guy came in, and he kept looking around. He wanted to look at a diamond ring, and uh, and I, uh, I was thinking in my mind, this guy wants to try to steal a, a ring from me. Now I've never had this happen for me. I, I, I worked in the jewelry business, and so he said, "Can I look at this ring?" And I, I pulled out a diamond cluster. Did anybody know what that means? It's like it's like it's one carat diamond. It's like a lot of diamonds on a. Ladies know. The ladies know. Okay. Men say, I don't know anything about diamond clusters. But the ladies should know a little bit about diamond clusters, right? It's a cluster of diamonds that make up like a carrot. You know, it's not as valuable as one carrot, you know, but it's, it's valuable. And it was like maybe a $2,000 ring. And so he was looking at it. Then he was trying to get me to pull out a second ring so he could compare the two. And, but, but in our training, we're not allowed to give two rings out. We can only give one at a time because we got to be very careful. And so I wouldn't give him that ring. So he just looked at it, looked at me and ran. And you, what, you, what did I do? Well, we're not supposed to do anything but close up and say uh, and, and tell the manager or whatever. We're not. I jumped over the case and started chasing after him. 
I started running after him. You know, I'm going to get this guy. And as I was running after him, I said, stop, thief! You know, and this guy's running, and I'm running after him, you know. And I'm excited. And then these two Navy people are, are, saw me, and they start running with me. So I got a pack of people, you know. I got some Navy people running with me. I'm running, but I'm fast. I'm, I'm, you know, I mean, I, mean I, I, I was outrunning this guy. This guy had like these pajama pants on. He had tennis shoes. I was in a suit, but I looked like O.J. Simpson in, 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 in the commercials, man. I was jumping up. You know, I was moving, man. You hear what I'm saying? And I was gaining on him. I was gaining on the guy. I was, I mean, I was, I was maybe not about the, that chair. That's how close. And he got looking back. He said, that, that white boy is still behind me. And I, I was right there. And, uh, and, and this other guy came on the side. And uh, a bigger guy, the, the guy that stole the ring was probably about, everybody's taller than me, but, but about 5'10". <laughs> and uh, and he's about 5'10 and skinny. I figured I could handle him. I, I, I figured, you know, sometimes you can say, guys, you know what I'm talking about. You can look at somebody's size and size, I can handle him. You know, he, he, he was a lightweight. And, uh, but there was this other guy that came on side. And um, he was African-American as well. And he came outside and he was Ronnie. And he just passed me. He saw what was going on. And he grabbed the guy and he threw him on the ground. And I'm watching this because I saw him throw my ring under a car. So I just went at my ring. I was just going to get my ring back and go back to the shop. But this guy was, got on him and, and he said, I got a gun. He pulled his arm back and pow, right, right in the kisser. The guy, you know, he had blood, you know, oh, you know what I'm talking about. And, and then the cops started coming. And then finally, the, the, the overweight Navy people got there. <laughs> They're huffing and puffing. You know what I'm talking about? And, they, and, and, and the guy was right there. I, sa- I said to him, I said, do you know martial arts? He said, I'm a black belt, registered in karate. But he said, I don't want to hang out here. And he said, told the Navy guys, hold him down. So the Navy guys were like heroes. They were holding him down <laughs> after he did all the work. <laughs> Are you hearing? And I was holding my ring and I'm like, praise the Lord. I got fired for that. <laughs> they fired me. They said, you weren't supposed to be chasing after people. But the, the district manager said, we're going to have to let you go, but good job. You know, I was like, good job. Because he got robbed one time, you know, <laughs> at gunpoint or something. So he lost all the merchandise. But he said, we have to let you go, but good job. I'm glad you got the diamond back. You know, because you're putting other people at harm. You're not, you know, so we do that. Somebody could have got shot over a ring and we don't want to do that. Amen. And so what was all that about? Why did I talk about it? Oh, okay. It's about loving your enemies. Jesus said, let them get away with it. That's what he was saying. Finally got the point out. Jesus said, let them get away with it. Now, now we got to talk about generosity because we got to get a heart and I think I blew my whole sermon now. Uh, we got we to get a heart of generosity. We got to get this heart. Uh, and you got to develop a heart of generosity. It doesn't come natural. I'm going to say this. Really, selfishness comes natural. Being generous is hard. Right? And so we got to get, a, 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 you know, Abraham, who's called the father of our faith. He was very generous. See, God, God pulled Abraham out of, out of idol worship and God became his God and revealed to Abraham that he wanted to bless Abraham. And, and then Abraham had a, a, a nephew called Lot and, and, and Lot wanted a lot. No, I won't go there, but, 
but Lot was his nephew, and they had all this stuff. Their, their, their herds were, were growing. And then all of a sudden, Abraham's men started fighting with Lot's men over the, the territory. And Abraham knew that strife would, would destroy, you know, the blessing. You know, strife will destroy the blessing in your life. You don't want to have any strife. And, and so Abraham said, let's separate. But you know what, what Abraham, in his generosity, he gave Lot the first bid on whatever Lot wanted for the land in the area. And so guess what? Lot chose the best. He didn't refer it back to Abraham. And Abraham said, whatever you want, I'll just take whatever you don't want. Think about that. That's the spirit of generosity. And so, so, he, so he allowed Lot to take the best, you know, the, the watered plains and all that. It'd be, it'd be like San Francisco. That's what he took. I mean, he was close to, you know, okay, we won't go there. But uh, he, he took the very nice area. It was very watered and plushed and all that. And, and so Abraham just took what was left over. And then God spoke to him and said, look around, because I'm going to give it to you all. I'm going to give you all of it. Think about that. When we have a generous heart, God doesn't mind giving us things. When we have a it's just when we have a greedy heart or we have a covetousness spirit, when we just want things all the time and we were never satisfied, it's hard for God to bless that. But God can bless when we have a heart to give. And then, of course, you know, Lot got in trouble. And then the, the, the generous spirit again of Abraham, you know, Lot got taken in, uh, you know, with some uh, some uh, king uh, went ahead and captured Lot and his family and took him in as slaves. And and so Abraham took his men and came in and rescued Lot. So so what, what am I saying to you this morning? I'm saying that we're called to rescue people. Amen. We're, we're, we're called to set people at liberty. We're, we're, we're called to destroy hell in people's lives. We're, we're, we're called to be, uh, to be a blessing connector, if I may. We're, we're called to bring people, our blessing that God blesses us with, we want to share it, glory to God, so we can bring them into the knowledge that God is good. Most people, I'm going to say this, a lot, a lot of people that don't attend church, one of the fears why they don't attend church is because they're afraid the church is going to get their money. That I don't want to go to that church because they're going to expect me to give some money. All they're looking for is my money. Right? No, no, we're looking for your salvation. Amen. Because, you know, because, you know, I don't need your money. I got God. But God needs your faithfulness and obedience to him. And God doesn't need your money. He really needs your heart. And so God's not looking for your money. He's looking for your heart. But a lot of people's heart is in their money. Ooh, man, you're preaching today, pastor. Amen. I'm going to amen myself. <laughs> amen. And so we got to get out of this mode that it's all about us. Oh, did I say that? Where, where we need to be benevolent. We need to give our time. See, I sometimes I can be too benevolent. And, what, and I'm not just talking about money because I do bless money. I'm talking about giving my time. I'm, I like yesterday. Uh, normally I spent a couple hours at the gym, went to the gym. I didn't get back until like, like late. And, uh, and my wife said, where were you at? I said, I was witnessing. <laughs> and I got in a conversation with a guy, started talking to him about Jesus. And so, uh, and so I have a tendency to be generous with my time, even though I shouldn't be. I got stuff to do, but people's souls are more important than my time. 
Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? So if I can, and I was talking to this one guy about Jesus, and I was talking to him, and he said, you really changed how I see everything. And he, he said, you saved my life today. I said, I did? <laughs> and he said, you convinced me. I said, yeah, I convinced him that you need to walk with God and can't be walking in sin and acting like you're going to have heaven at the end. And the guy was living in sin and said, I got to get away from that. He said, I need to repent. I said, you do. I said, when are you going to do that? He said, tomorrow morning at the altar. I said, the altar's right here, son. He said, he shook his head. What? I said, the altar. I was at the gym. The altar's right here. This, let's kneel now and get it right. See, everybody thinks the altar's at church. No, the altar's whenever God wakes you up. Whenever God says you're in the wrong place, you're on the wrong track, you're on the wrong road, you better get right. The altar is not just at church. That's just religious thinking. The altar is whenever God wakes you up and says, oh, God, okay. He said, okay, I got it. I'll repent now. He said, that's kind of religious, isn't it? Are you listening to what I'm saying? Yes, you repent when God wakes you up. I'm going to wait till tomorrow to get to the altar. You might be dead and in hell before that happens. Because your life is not promised. Our life is just a vapor. We're here today and God tomorrow. Better get it right now. I'm not going to let some little sin send me to hell. I'm not going to let some adulterous relationship. I'm not going to let no woman. I don't care how good looking she is. And nobody's better looking than my wife. But I don't, where is she at? But I'm not going to let. I'm not going to let no fling or affair, uh, anything like that, some, some, some uh, uh, indulgences, you know. I'm not going to let that take me down. I'm not going to trade that off for heaven. Some say, oh, you can be a Christian and live any way you want. All hypocrites are going to be in the lake of fire. You can't. You got to walk with God. You got to keep walking with God. You, you, you just don't leave God on the side. You keep walking with God. That wasn't in my notes today, but that's free. You keep. And that guy said, man, you scared the hell out of me. I said, that was the whole intention. You got me nervous. I hope so. I'm going to put that stuff down. You better. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? You better. I said, because your eternal security is riding on it. Because whatever you indulge or you, you put yourself into, that can become your God. Ooh, pastor, I didn't get this today. So are you listening to me? So we got to get a revelation of that. Let me just say this, that the, probably we know the greatest giver is God. But, but in, in the Bible, there was a lots of givers. We know Abraham, he was a giver. And we know that he, he gave uh, uh, Melchizedek the tithe. And that's where the tithe came in because he won the battle and he gave the tithe to Melchizedek. And then, then the generations started following. This was all before the law. And so, and so we need to get a revelation that the tithe it belongs to God. It belongs to God. It, 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 it's God's money. And so when I, when I get that revelation, I don't touch the tithe. I, I, I bring in the tithe into the storehouse. So, so like me personally, me and Yen, we tithe everything that comes into our treasury. We give it back to the church. Why? Because I want to honor God. It belongs to God. It's not mine. But the offering... I have liberty with the offering so I can give as I will with the offering. And really, that's where the big blessing is at is in the offering. 
Are you here? It's over and above the tithe. It's when you start, that belongs to God. But when you start giving the offering, the biggest blessing is in the offering of sacrifice. And so when you start giving the offering above the tithe, it's called sowing the seed into the kingdom. God can multiply that seed. He can multiply it and start increasing you way above than what you can do in your own ability. Are you listening? And, he, and God can make you smart. He can give you, he, he makes you look smart. We're not really that smart. We just obey God. But he makes you look smart and, and, and he will give you favor and he will open the doors of grace and he will put you in a position where, where, where he'll give you a, a business idea. He'll show you how to increase in your finances. God has done all this for me. He showed me, I mean, he helped me buy houses and sell houses and, 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 and helped me do things and, and, and gave me the favor. And, 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 and it makes me look like I'm a smart guy. And all I am is an obedient guy. And some people actually, I had somewhere say, you're so smart, pastor. I said, no, it's not that. I'm just obedient. I just follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. I just follow what God tells me to do. I, 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 I just follow the leading. And so when we start following the leading of the Holy Spirit and we start giving to people and, and blessing people to bring them into the kingdom, not to, not to make yourself look great, but when we give, when I'm out there and I'm witnessing or I'm buying somebody a co- cup of coffee behind me or, you know, and letting them know Jesus loves them and, and all that and try to give them a, a short testimony, I'm doing that to bring them into a closer walk with God, not to show how great I am. Not to show, look how great I am. I give coffee out to everybody when I go to Starbucks. You want to follow me there? But anyway, are you listening to what I'm saying? No, it's not about my greatness. It's about God's goodness. It's not about us looking great. Oh, yeah, I gave all that away. No, it's about God looking great. It's about making Jesus famous in Virginia Beach. It's about Jesus. And that's what it's all about. It's about exalting Jesus. And every time we do something nice and we're benevolent and we do something nice, glory to God, uh, and we do it in the name of Jesus, then that's bringing people to the kingdom of God. See, see, I really don't believe hell and damnation a lot of times. Yet sometimes people need it, but that doesn't really motivate people to get saved. I really believe what the Bible says is the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. And when people start seeing the goodness of God through us, through acts of kindness. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? Through acts of kindness, then, then they will see, wow, you are a real believer. You, 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 you are really doing it. And when you do that, you're drawing people into the kingdom of God. You know, I, I need to close this down, but... Uh, I, I guess the story of the, the Good Samaritan, you probably already know it. Jesus talks about the Good Samaritan and he talked about the two religious people passing by this guy that was beat up and left for dead on the road. And this one guy called the Good Samaritan saw this guy beat up and, uh, and was robbed and beat up. And he took that guy and he put him on his, on, on his animal, took him to an inn and paid for everything for the guy to be fixed up. Think about that. And he said to the innkeeper, if there's any more money, I will give it. I'll give it to you to fix this guy up. What, that, that's the ultimate of generosity. That's when he was, he was probably a business guy. He had things to do. It probably was inconvenient for him. But he saw this guy beat up and naked and destitute. And nobody else would help him. 
So he, what did he do? He helped him and he gave and he blessed the man and he got him back on his feet. And that's what we're called to do. We're called to be, we, we, we need meters. In other words, we're, we're, we're keeping our ears open and our eyes open for opportunities. And there's always opportunities for us to be a blessing. And so, so that is always an opportunity. And when we have that opportunity, we need to do that. So I'm going to challenge you this morning. Now, you know, I've got to close this down. But I'm going to challenge you this morning. I, I, I brought something in. And I hope I have enough. Might have to do one for each family. But I'm going to give you something this morning. And you say, a church giving something? Yeah. Uh, if I can have some ushers, I want to pass these envelopes out to you guys. I've never done this before. And I'm a little nervous about it. <laughs> and, um, but I want each one of you to take one for a family. And each envelope has $20 in it. And I want you to go out and bless somebody. Let them know that Jesus is alive. There's a lost and dying world out here. And we're passing people up left and right. And all we have to do is do something nice for somebody. And you don't know what your nice act could do to change your life. And I've been doing it. Out of my own money. And I've been helping people. And God's been changing my heart. And I want your heart to be changed too. I want you to feel what I feel. When I give something to somebody. And the feeling you get. It's priceless. It's priceless. Can I have some ushers up here please? Hallelujah. And I want you. Uh, if we can, I would love to be able to give an envelope to every person in here, but I only have 25 envelopes. So can you raise your hands and I please take an envelope. Glory to God. Amen. One per family and glory to God. Just take an envelope, please. And, and look at this money as God's money. And, th- and I'm going to help you with this. You, know, you may say, I'm not like you, Pastor. I, 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 I'm, I'm, a, I'm a reserved personality. I, 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 I don't have that gab. I don't have that gift of gab. You don't have to. Does anybody like McDonald's in here? Does anybody like Burger King? How about Wendy's? Now, now uh, uh, the other one, Chick-fil-A is hard to do. But go into a drive-thru and pay for somebody behind you. And, just, and then give that card out. We have five cards. And give that card out. And, the card, and there's five cards in there that says God loves you. And, 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 it says, and on the other side, it says, we do do Exceed Life Church. And then let the community know that we don't want the community to go to hell. That we, that we want to bless the community with our benevolence. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Did everybody get an envelope that needs one? Glory to God. Looks like we got a couple more. Amen. And, 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 and look at this money as God's money and pray about it. You know, you can do a drive through. You could be in Starbucks and pay for somebody behind you. You could be in Starbucks line. Get yourself a latte and buy somebody one behind you. Amen. Do something nice. Maybe you just need to buy some donuts for the people you work with and just bring in some donuts and, and bring them in and say this, you know, you know, our church is doing an outreach. Our church wants to let you know that they love you. And here's the donuts. Find out what donuts they like. <laughs> Amen. Go to Krispy Kreme. Do something at your job. Do something off the wall. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying today? And start showing the love of Christ. And when we start showing the love of Christ, I'm telling you, we won't have the chairs to hold the people that will come in because they will see the love that we have and that we don't want them to go to hell. We want them saved, going to heaven. Glory to God. Did you receive it this morning? Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I just thank you for your mercies and for your goodness and for your love. I thank you for these precious people out here. I thank you for those that are watching online. And perhaps you're sitting here in the chair. Maybe you're a visitor or maybe you're watching online and you have not confessed Jesus as Lord. The Bible says in Romans 10, 19, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus died on the cross and was raised from the dead for your justification, you shall be saved. So, so, so today is the day of salvation. You may not have another opportunity. Tomorrow's not guaranteed. So I want you to pray this prayer after me, maybe in the audience, and pray it out loud. You can say it under your breath, but say, or, or if you're watching, say this out loud if, and mean it in your heart. Say this if you're ready to move forward in God and, and, and have a home in heaven. Say this, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. I receive you today. As my Lord and my Savior, thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.